Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. You know what's funny? I was driving down the street uh, last week, and this song came on the radio, like the actual song song. And Maya's like, "Erickson's on." <laughs> I, me off every time. I didn't know this was a real a real song. Yeah. Who sings this? I think it's Arcade Fire. Is yeah, that, it yeah. is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we were driving down, and my uh, Maya's like. What's Erickson doing on now? I'm like, I don't know. It's two o'clock on a Saturday. I don't know. I was at a restaurant once and I had a panic attack. I thought I was supposed to be at work. <laughs> I literally like my heart dropped when I heard the song. See, so I what get, is Arcade? I get all excited because I'm like, oh my god, they're playing music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, anyway. I'm not Erickson. Uh, he would know where his uh, title song comes from. It's Mark here. I'm filling in for the conservative Viking the next two days, and I thought, oh, uh, Columbus Day. It's a holiday. It'd be easy. Breezy day. No, we actually have news going on today. We'll cover it. Bill Crane's going to join us an hour. The very latest on the uh, Coney confirmation hearings going on in Capitol Hill. It's the first day of early voting. We'll talk about that. Uh, lines out the wazoo. Uh, but we like to have some fun. And I'll certainly like to have some fun early on a Monday morning. So normally you hear the Mark Aram show 6 to 8 p.m. on 95.5 WSB. But Today we're on at four, but on the Mark Aram show, we always start Monday off with what, Longoria? Let's play Millennial Match Game. Oh, yeah. My own creation, Millennial Match Game. Monday and Wednesday in the Mark Aram show. Joining us in studio, working on a holiday. It's Randy from the Digital Desk. How are you, girlfriend? I forgot it was a holiday, but I'm doing well other than that. I believe you're getting time and a half today. Who said that? It's a holiday. It's a federal holiday. Well, you, you make sure my boss is listening and they work that out, please. All right. Um, you have so many bosses, though. I, don't I know. know. Just to let them all know more. All let right. them all know. We're on earlier now. Folks not, might not know the queen of Millennial Match Game, Randy. So tell the folks a little bit about yourself, Randy. A little bit about Randy O. Uh, you can hear me on the Power Pod. You can hear me on Black Educated and Broke, Texas Native. Just doing my thing here in Atlanta. And she literally is the queen of Millennial Match Game. I think you're going to like this category. You're going to think about it for a second. You ready? As always, Millennial Magic Team, brought to you by our partners at Rocco's European Garage. Today's category, black sitcoms. Okay, baby. Black sitcoms. <laughs> so I'm going to play the intro song to a black sitcom. The contestants on the phone have to guess whether or not you will know or not. Uh, let's meet our contestants, Lee's and Alpharetta. Lee, tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Hey, brother. Uh, I recognize your voice. Yeah, how you doing, man? Good, good. Tell the folks uh, all about Lee. All about Lee. Um, well, uh, I uh, was born and raised in Alabama, as you can tell. <laughs> Gavis? Oh no. Uh, which? Uh, what Alabama city am I thinking of? Where Sandra's from? 
Aniston. Aniston, Alabama. That's it. I almost said Galveston. Yeah, that's the place. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, welcome aboard, Lee. You're going to be taking on John in Dallas. John, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm retired from Lockheed after 36 years and a uh, native Floridian, but been in Georgia for at least 30 years. Oh, that you're you're official then. You and Lee from uh, Alabama are official Georgians. All right, here we go. So it's a <laughs> millennial match game. I'm going to play an intro song from a black sitcom. Lee and John, you don't need to know the answer. I'm assuming you might not know the answer to some of these. You just have to guess whether or not Randy will know. Randy um, is African American. So, yes. So you you should. I'm, if these were Jewish sitcoms, I would do well on them. If they were Latino sitcoms, Longoria would do well. Well, I just hope they don't take my black card. I know. Just in case I don't know these, I so know. I'm just letting everybody listen. All right. All there right. you go. All right. Here we go. Here's the first one, Lee. Uh, will Millennial Randy know what sitcom this is from? Oh, Lee, I love this sitcom, especially for uh, Atlanta resident Jasmine Guy was uh, was a star on this one. She's an Atlanta resident? I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, yeah, she comes over all the time. We hang out. Hold on, it's not your turn yet, Randy. <laughs> Lee, will Millennial Randy know what uh, black sitcom that is from? Um, well, being white and British, a lot of these are going to be guesses <laughs> for me. <laughs> so I'm going to say... I'm going to say no. Wow. All right. No faith in the mm-hmm. culture. Randy, what uh, sitcom was that? I only know this one because as a kid, when I heard the theme song, I'll run to the TV. My yeah. parents taught me. So this is, and they said it in the song, A Different World. That is right. Lisa Bonet at her prime. Jasmine Guy, big fan of the show. Good job. All right. No point for you, Lee. Uh, all right. Here we go, John. Millennial Match Game. Will Millennial Randy know what black sitcom this is from? I think I'm tuned in to uh, the culture, but I would not have known this one. But it's not me, John. you got to guess. It's Randy. Will Randy know what sitcom that is from? Yes, she know. You say yes. Randy? Okay, so I know it's 90s. And I know it's like around the Moesha era, but that wasn't the Moesha song. That wasn't. I'm going to play a little bit. Listen, listen very closely, Randy. Okay. Peter Flo? Peter Flo. That's not a show. (laughs) Cousin Skeeter. Oh, my God. I was going to say that first. So you said Peter Flo. You tricked me. I said Skeeter. Oh, dang. Skeeter, not Peter. Peter Flo. Peter Flo. Peter Flo. I love Cousin Skeeter. All right. Here we go. Uh, Lee, I'm not going to sway you, but I know this song, uh, this show. It's one of my favorites of all time. Will Millennial Randy know? <laughs> oh, not the song, but the catchphrase. Oh, well, yeah. Everybody knows. Everybody knows, knows what you're talking about, Willis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talking about Willis? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gary Coleman. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, Rest and in that peace. was um, 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 a different stroke. That is correct. Good job. Rest in peace. I think Todd Bridges is the only cast member alive still. 
Crazy. That, that show is cursed. I loved that show when I was a kid. All right, John, here we go. Millennial Match Game on the Mark Aram Show. Will Millennial Randy know what uh, show this is from? What do you think, John? Will he or she know? Yes, she will. She better know this one. Fat out. Oh, no. Huh? Big Husky is the name of the show. No, it is not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that is correct. Fat Albert. All right. Uh, end of round one of Millennium Match Game. What is the score, Deborah Green? Tied up at 1-1. All right. Lee, you're up. Uh, Lee from uh, Across the Pond playing Millennial Match Game Black Sitcom Edition. Luckily, Lee, you don't need to know the answer. You just have to guess whether or not Millennial <laughs> Randy will know the answer. Will she know what sitcom this is from? Classic song. You probably don't know it, Lee, but will Millennial Randy know? It's a little early. It's in the 80s, I believe. So Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like it might have been like 80s or something. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say yes. You say yes. Uh, it looks like a no. I'm going to give you a hint, Randy. Please. The person singing this song and star of the show was Longoria's first celebrity crush. I don't know. Donna Summer, somebody? Like, I don't know. No, but listen, okay, so he said 80s. Okay. You know, I think of the Huxtables, but they had a different song, because I did, know they, they did. Let me, let me play a little bit more. Listen to the lyrics. It's Nell Carter. Give me a break. Now I know what it takes. Well, Gloria's first love. Put new seats on the old Give me, get a break. Give me a break. I'll give it to you. Hell oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Give me a break. Absolutely. Oh, I've never heard of this. Yeah. It was, uh, it was okay. I mean, it was kind of a B-level sitcom, but Longoria fell in love with Nell Carter. and okay. Day one. From day one, he said. <laughs> All right, Lee gets the point. Good job. Uh, ooh, here we go, John. Well, Millennial Randy know what sitcom this is from. What do you think, John? Will Millennial Randy know what TV show that is from? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. The greatest show maybe of all time. Randy. That is some wonderful good times. That's right. Florida Evans. James Evans, yes. who I still think was the greatest TV dad of all time. He was scary. People used to say Bill Cosby, and I'd say no, James Evans. Yeah. In hindsight, who was right? Uh, this yeah. guy. <laughs> this guy was right, right? All right. Uh, here we go, Lee. Will Millennial Randy know what TV show this is from? A little yelp there from Randy might have given it away, Lee. I think she knows this one. What do you think? Yeah, that that sounds like right in uh, in in Randy's house. Yeah, that I think Randy knows that. What's what show was that? Oh, Randy? that is my favorite. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That is right. Good job, hanging with Mr. Cooper. All right, John, you're up. What's the score, by the way, Deborah? I've lost it. Uh, Lee three, John two, and it's John's turn. By the way, we played uh, Never Have I Ever with Russ and Gainesville on Friday without you, and I had no idea what the score was. I, because, but we had no prizes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But uh, all right, here we go, John. Will Millennial Randy know what TV show this is from? Well, we're moving on now. We're moving on now. To the side. 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 To the side
I think even our British chap knows this one, John. What do you think? Will Millennial Randy know? Definitely. You say yes. Randy, what TV show is that? The Jeffersons. That is The Jeffersons. George and Wheezy. All right, one more real quick before the break. Uh, Lee, will Millennial Randy know what show this is from? Let's go. If you could get into the future, future. you might think life would be a breeze. Kind of an upbeat, funky. This is definitely not a 70s or 80s show, Lee. What do you think? Will Randy know? No, I'm going to say it's definitely like 90s. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, what's your definitely shows? 2000s. That's so Raven. That's so Raven. Ironically, Chuck's first celebrity crush. <laughs> Ray, do you know what's so funny? My best friend in college, six foot seven black dude named Raven. And then oh. this show came out, and everyone's like, oh, like, it was <laughs> just really funny. Really funny. All right, end of round two of Millennial Match Game. Devin Green, what's the score? Lee's got four, John with three. All right, we'll come right back. Millennial Match Game brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. We got a nail-biter on Atlanta's Evening News. In for Eric Erickson on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Welcome back. Final segment of Millennial Match Game on Atlanta's Evening News. In for Eric Erickson. What is the score, Deborah Green, and who is up? Okay, Lee four, John three. It is John's turn. John, here we go. Millennial Match Game. It is the black cart, uh, black sitcom edition of Millennial Match Game. Will Millennial Randy know what show this is from? personally have no idea what this one is. This must be a newer show, but Millennial, uh, Millennial Randy's younger than me, John, so what do you think? Will she know this one? Yes. You say yes. <laughs> Randy, what uh, show is that from? That is the Parkers. What the hell are the Parkers? You know, like Kim and uh, Nene and uh, Monique, you know, the comedian. She was the mom. And her... Cam Newton? No, no, just let him know that. <laughs> he has COVID. You know that, right? just... I know he's got COVID, yeah. He got it from a hookah bar, I Get think. Get on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job, John. You got the point. All right, uh, Lee from Jolly Old England. Will Millennial Randy know what TV show this song is from? Dance this, this finally got me out of my seat. Whitefish is even dancing in the screeners booth right now. <laughs> what do you think, Lee? One of the greatest tunes of all time. Will Randy know what TV show this is from? Yeah. Randy, it. let's let it play a little longer, Longoria. I love this song. You want me to say it or keep listening? You can say it and we'll keep listening. It's Sanford and Son, y'all. That's right. By the way, Fred Blankenship on Friday called me Lamont Sanford on the air. <laughs> I don't know. Just to try to crack me up. All right, you get the point. Last question. What's the score, Deb? Is this for all the marbles? This is for all of it. We've got one left. Yeah, all right, here we go. Whose turn is it? It's John. It is John's John, turn. will Millennial Randy know what TV show this is from? <laughs> Again, I would have whipped on this one, John. I have no idea, but it's a younger, it's a younger sounding song. Maybe Randy will know. What do you think? She's gonna know. Yo, look at the faith in John. John's is on a roll. Yeah. What is, what TV show is that, Randy? Uh, this is Girlfriends, and my client was Maya's mom. That's how I know so much about it. What? I've never heard of that show either. You have with Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. You. you... No. Really? Oh, no. Wow. Is it is it on now or is it on? It's old. It's old. Now it's just re- right? They just put it back on Netflix. So yeah. yeah. All right. Girlfriends. We're checking you were out. Cool. I thought oh so God, too. Mark. I know. I know. I'm sorry. 
Uh, final score, Deborah Green. Tied up at 5-5. We have a tie, which is great because we have no prizes to give away today. So you get a pat <laughs> on the back. Lee and John, I really appreciate you playing, and thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks, everyone. All right. Always a pleasure. John, you did very well, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, John. Take care. Uh, Randy, give a plug to your podcast before we get out of here. Uh, yes, guys. Please subscribe to my podcast, Black, Educated, and Broke, as well as our podcast radio show, The Power Pod. Starring? Uh, Randy O'Cray. Yes. <laughs> Jerry Yamamoto. <laughs> yes. Nicole Bennett. And Christina Eklund. Yeah. Jared and Three Hotties, also known as The Power Pod. <laughs> when we come back, the latest on the Supreme Court. First day of voting. Falcons have a new interim head coach, and it's Columbus Day. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. What do you know? It's the Mark Aram Show. This is Arthur Blank, and you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. Mr. Blank in the news today is the Falcons part ways with their head coach and their general manager. Uh, long time coming. Falcons fans have been just like up in arms for four weeks, clamoring for the heads of the GM. And uh, Arthur Blank made a decision apparently last night. There'll be an interim coach, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a tough story, though, because, you know, if you think about it, think of all the times you've been fired in your life, Chuck. I'm assuming it's been a handful, right? I've never been fired. Really? I usually quit before I get fired. <laughs> all right. Longer have you ever been fired? Um, well, Let go. a radio gig, yeah. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, morning show. Uh, Deborah Green, I know, is a hard worker. She's never been fired. Um, I've been I've been fired before for sure. Uh, but, you know, if you think about whatever your job is right now, as you're driving home, whether you uh, sell insurance, you roof houses, you write for the Revenant.com, whatever your job is, when you get fired, it's not in the news, right? Like, there, there are a few professions that if you get fired, it's it's in the news, Atlanta Falcons head football coach would be in the news. Um, I got fired. I'm sure it would be in the news. Sadly, my my compadres in the newsroom would be reporting on it. Mark Aram was uh, found. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> found, would, yeah. would, would found guilty of. You know, something like that. Like that's what I'm assuming would get me fired. Uh, politicians that lose an election. That's a public firing. What I what I as as much cr- criticism that we take on when we're on TV and radio here on social media, like. People, you know, ah, you stink, whatever. I mean, that that's part of the thing. But I've never, like, logged on after a show and saw Fire Aram trending on Twitter, right? Like, Dan Quinn's been dealing with that for two months now. Like, just his, the fans just, like, that would, that's so horrible. <laughs> like, I would never call, you know, publicly for the firing of anyone. Really? Well, yeah, that's for a sports team. Well, they stink. He should have been fired two years ago. Yeah, see, I, I, I mean, that's, that's not true. Though. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't want to pile on. I'm not going to judge you for doing it, Chuck, uh, yeah, from they're... your burner account. But <laughs> I don't know. I, just do it for my straight I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, I could put myself in that position. Like, I would hate for that to be trending. Like, fire Aram. I mean, it would. I can't even believe I just planted that idea. In I know, right? right now, now we're going to wait start. an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I just feel bad for him and Dimitrov. I mean, I've never met them. I'm sure they're good guys. That they didn't get the job done that they were hired for, yeah. and it happens. And that that's part of the gig. I just hate the vitriol that I see with, like, ugh. It's it's. Are you new to sports fans? 
They're the worst. They are the worst. But I mean, I th- I don't know. I thought this the genteel new... South. No. You know, this are you isn't, kidding me? This isn't the boogie <laughs> down Bronx or Philadelphia. Yeah, I get no it. No way, man. I just, listen, I I just feel bad for those guys. I mean, I get it's, that. It, I losing do. your job's bad enough. Yeah. Let alone having those millions know, of dollars will help them sleep in. People yeah. with digital pitchforks calling for your head <laughs> week after week. Like that just gotta stink. Like, ugh, I would hate that. You're anyway, minimum wage maybe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I mean, care if I was multi- making him a moon away. No, I'm just though. saying they're multi million. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he went home to his million dollar home <laughs> yeah, last my... night and was like, wow. Yeah, but like, is he on. Oh, excuse oh. me. My microphone fell. And he's going to land another job. Is he unhirable now, though? No. no. He's a great defensive coach. Oh, yeah. He'll get a, he won't get he'll, a head coach yeah, job. Yeah, I don't know that he'll get an, another head coach job, but he'll definitely land yeah. on his feet. So I, the only reason I, I wanted to bring this up because I do feel bad for both those guys. I don't know them personally. They seem like nice enough dudes. Like, you work your whole life to get to that pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Of being a head coach oh, or a yeah. GM, and then, and then guys on Twitter like Chuck are calling for you to be castrated. <laughs> I don't think that's what tipped it <laughs> over. I'm pretty sure. No, Rutgers I understand. Gonna... <laughs> I understand, but that that can't make it go go down any easier. Uh, I don't really want to discuss the Falcons situation. Not really a sports show, but I just want to. I want funny, funny or sad stories about uh, the best and worst way you've ever been fired from a gig. So I was fired from two jobs in my life. One was from when I was a hot dog cart vendor. Oh, yeah. And uh, I wasn't fired for a perf- bad performance or eating too many hot dogs. because That was the, the best benefit of working the hot dog cart was the boss said to me, you can eat 50 a day. I don't care. But if I see you give one away, you're fired. So I stuck to that. I ate 50 a day and never gave any away. <laughs> but I <laughs> remember one time. Back. So I was in high school when I had this job. And I, I got into an, uh, an argument with my mom. And she, she took my car away. She grounded me. And there was no way for me to get to the job. And I, I wanted to go and eat the 50 hot dogs, but I had no transportation. And the guy, I called him up, I'm like, hey, I, can I, like, there's, and where I grew up, there's no taxis or anything. There's no public transportation. I was like, I, I can't get a ride. Either either you pick me up or I'm not going to show up. He's like, the card opens at 11 a.m. If you're not there, you're not there, you're fired. I was like, you didn't have one of your friends, Skeeter or Mitch or something <laughs> that could have given me a ride. No, Billy Bob. Um, yeah, like, I any I don't weird know. names. <laughs> I, I actually, I probably hung up and was because I thought he would pick me up, and I probably hung up. And was like, do I really want this job anymore? No, all right. So I, yeah, Skeeter and whatever other names you think. <laughs> Skeeter. Yeah, whatever would have would have. So that was the first uh, first of two times I was fired. I'll tell you the other firing story uh, in just a second. Uh, so, all right, that was my first firing story. The second firing story, um, I don't even know if I want to give, like, all the details. So when I first moved to Atlanta, I was working part-time here. Um, I was working part-time at my uncle's cigar store, and I was working part-time for another entity, okay? I mean, I was, I was working my tush off just trying to uh, – just trying to make ends meet. I was food insecure, Deborah Green. I was making eight bucks an hour here. I was making like 10 bucks an hour at the cigar store. And uh, it was the first time that, uh, and I got I got a sick because I was run down. I didn't have the COVID or anything, but I was run down. So my night gig, I called in sick for two days. And I was like, I, I just can't do it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, no problem. I was, I was a good worker, blah, blah, blah. And then as I'm sick, the guy that used to t- do TV for me got sick as well, and I was his backup. And they said, uh, "Hey, we need you to fill in f- on TV tomorrow morning." And I was like, "I still felt bad, but I was getting better." I was like, "Okay, you know, the the guy is sick. I'll come in." So I came in and did TV that morning. After calling in sick for my night gig the night before, 
So that that afternoon, my boss calls me. He's like, uh, "How you feeling?" I'm like, "Um, oh, you know, I'm a little better. I, I I think I can make it into." He's like, "Oh yeah, well, I saw you on TV today." He's like, "We're gonna have to let you go." I was like, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah. I mean, you you were sick for two days in a row, and then I turned the TV and you were on TV." And I was like, <laughs> "All right." You know, I was like, yeah, I get That's it. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I was planning to go to work that night. Sure. Like, it was the next day. Like, I, I'm, yeah, so that was that was my, the only two times I've been fired. Uh, best and worst ways you've been fired. Tony <laughs> kicks us off an awkward. Tony, what's cooking, buddy? What's going on, brother? How are you? Excellent. Best or worst way you got fired? Uh, the only time I have ever been fired, I was 16 years old back in the good old days in the 90s working at Burger King at the BK Lounge. How do you get fired from Burger King? Uh, but uh, it was just my it was my first job. I was kind of a slacker. Um, showed up late, one too many times, and it was just the way they the, just the way they did it, you know, because they were needing people bad. And you know, I called into the office, and you know, his, I'll never forget. He, you know, he's he's all your services are no longer required. Damn, from Burger King. And what what like, did you do oh, specifically dude, that caused the uh, firing, just, though? Just coming in late, and just just oh. just being a sixteen year old. Did you? I was uh, thinking the I, the I one thing you. that could get you fired at Burger King is if you put one too many random onion rings in an order of fries. Like, right. That would well, be a... Um, a, a couple of my buddies thought it was a good idea um, to go into the walk in one time and smoke a bowl. I guess they <laughs> didn't know that the air circulated in a walk in cooler. So for like for weeks, it smelled like some pretty good Kush. Yeah. But, well, oh, listen, yeah, if that, it, at least it wasn't swag. At least it was good kush. Uh, here, here's the point, Chuck, I forgot to mention at the top of this. So I'm assuming, I hope Dan Quinn was notified by Arthur Blank before it got public, right? But I that, assume. If, if not, because there's been times like that where a coach has been fired and he found out while watching TV. Like, that's a crappy way to get fired. Or they're on the plane coming home. Yeah. And then or, or there's, well, who's that? Was it Lane Kiffin? They wouldn't get on the plane? Yeah. They left him there? Yeah, they wouldn't let him on the team? Yeah. Like, that's a that's crappy way to get fired. Matt Knackworth, Matt, best or worst way you've ever been fired, my friend? Hey, what's up, man? Um, so, uh, when I was in high school, uh, it, my senior year, was working at a pizza place. I'm not going to name names. Um there was a mandatory meeting called the morning after my senior prom. Oof. Um, and I did not show up to that meeting, obviously. Did you, had and, you tried and, to get out of it or how did it work? Uh, well, I got fired for not showing up. You, but you didn't try um, to get, I mean, I would have known, you should have known beforehand that you weren't going to make that. Yeah, well, I did, well. but they let me go. Did the, you survive funny, losing the, the pizza funny, gig? <laughs> the funny part about this story is uh, I am on my way to the same pizza place right now because <laughs> I picked up some part-time shifts now 22 years later. Nice. Uh, just to kind of get me out of the house during this Good whole for COVID you. Thing. I hope that the personnel and, file hasn't followed you for the 20 years later. No, it, it didn't. All right, good stuff, Matt. Coming back, uh, best and worst ways you've been fired. I feel bad for Dan Quinn and Dimitrov. I mean, I know it had to happen. I just hate the way it did. Uh, best and worst ways you've been canned. 404-872-0750. Falcons head coach and GM uh, publicly fired. Part of the game, I guess, but just an awful way to find out you've been uh, you've been canned is via Twitter or a media report. Best and worst way you've ever been fired. Mark Aaron for Eric Erickson. 404-872-0750. Bob joins us on the program. What's going on, Bob? Yeah, I was, uh, I guess this is good and bad. I was a box boy at the uh, Alpha Beta, Santa Monica, Venice. But anyway, I had one grumpy old lady that would come in. So I took the brown bag, 
packed it all the way to the top with cans. Mr. T couldn't lift that bag. They fired me. Oh, you were was, bagging at a grocery store. Yes, I thought you were. Yes. I thought you said busboy. Oh, so that there was like a weight limit on on how you could. Uh... Well, you never filled the bag to the top with cans, so I, <laughs> I topped it off with cans, and they fired me. But I'm I was quite pleased with myself. Yeah, that that seems worth it. I mean, I, I, it sounds like you recovered from the bag boy job. Uh, Dwayne's in Gainesville. Dwayne, best or worst way you've ever been fired? I was, I, the worst, I guess, but. So I was uh, working for one of the little chicken plants here, and I'm on a cleanup crew. I'm 16. This is early 70s, so things was a little looser. So anyway, we were at a party over the weekend and got to work Monday night. Everybody standing around talking what you'd done over the weekend. So there was uh, I was describing a kind of an intimate uh, thing I'd seen a girl do that drove a real distinctive car over at a party. So we're standing there talking, you know, a bunch of 16-year-olds. So the boss walks up, and he's listening to the story. And so I didn't know him. He was kind of a new boss to us. And so 30, 45 minutes goes by. He comes up and says, hey, man, you're out of here. And I'm like, okay, what did I do, you know? And so there was four of us that were at the party that kind of witnessed this. Come to find out it was his daughter that we had witnessed. And we didn't know it, but uh, he uh, fired all of us that had seen kind of what happened. Oh, and, uh, but that's, I mean, yeah. that must have been, I've, I've heard horror stories about that gig. That's a tough, tough job. Uh, John's in Conyers. John, real quick, best or worst way you've ever been fired? Well, it's kind of the best and the worst. I woke up in the morning on a Friday, and I had about $5,000 extra in my bank account. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. So I was like, I had the day off. I was supposed to be at work, but I took the day off that day. I went in. I had my truck service. It was company vehicle. And while I'm in there with the company vehicle, I got a, bo- a call from my boss, and he said, uh, well, you were supposed to be at work today, and uh, it was supposed to be your last day of work today. So, <laughs> Where did the five grand come from? It was severance pay and vacation uh, pay and all that other stuff that goes along with it, which, you know, you normally get after. Sure, sure. Enough. I thought it was like they fired you because you didn't report the extra five grand. Longor, if you ever get an extra five grand and a paycheck here, don't say a word. I'm blaming it. For I you. got your back. I'm blaming it on you. Blame Sanjay, your accountant. Yes. I got <laughs> yeah, your yeah. back. Uh, news, weather, and traffic next. Then we'll go into the Comey-SCOTUS hearings. WSB analyst, political analyst Bill Crane will join us next. Mark Aram and for Eric Erickson on Atlanta's Evening News. the show 509 nine minutes after five o'clock mark air i'm here you there filling in for eric erickson today and tomorrow the conservative viking getting a couple days off the mark aram show normally heard 6 to 8 p.m on 95.5 wsb atlanta's news and talk a word on the street with shelly milani filling in for me tonight uh we're still going to do some of the mark aram show favorites in 30 minutes johnny kilbasa will join us with a fast food review i want to get back to your calls on uh the firing of dan quinn and dimitrov the uh, falcons gm and quarterback but, you know, Columbus Day, it's a federal holiday. I thought it'd be a slow news day, but oh no, we got a U.S. Supreme Court confirmation going on. WSB political analyst Bill Crane joins us on Atlanta's Evening News. How are you, Bill? 
I am well, Marcus. How are you? Uh, well, unfortunately, I slept through most of the uh, Comey hearing today because I sleep during the middle of the day. But uh, I tried to go back and listen to some audio. And this is one piece of audio that stuck out from the hearings today for me. When the president offered me this nomination, I was deeply honored. But it was not a position I had sought out and I thought carefully before accepting. The confirmation process and the work of serving on the court, if confirmed, requires sacrifices, particularly from my family. I chose to accept the nomination because I believe deeply in the rule of law and the place of the Supreme Court in our nation. What else did I miss, Bill Crane, uh, besides uh, some powerful uh, opening remarks there by the judge? Well, uh, there were the attacks that we were expecting to come on her, particularly on the Affordable Care Act. There's a decision that the, or there's a case that will come before the Supreme Court November the 10th of this year that looks at the uh, unfunded mandates and what is paid for in the way of supplemental premiums and basically making states step into some of that funding, which uh, is now all covered by the federal government. And then, uh, of course, Roe versus Wade. So there were hard swings uh, from the initial Democratic members of the committee who spoke and then several Republicans who spoke to her record, things like her being a law, full law professor at the age of 30 at Notre Dame, her being the only member, if she's confirmed, of this Supreme Court who didn't go to Harvard or Yale for law school, um, her existing track record as a judge on the 7th District Circuit Court of Appeals, and as you referenced in the soundbite you selected, her being a young mother with seven children, two adopted, and one special needs child, her youngest son, has Down syndrome, as my daughter does. Was, uh, you know, last week, I wasn't sure this was going to go. We had the uh, GOP senators testing positive for COVID, but it came together today. Uh, how did it work functionally? Were the, the, the COVID positive senators in the chambers? Well, the, the, remember, this is only the Senate Judiciary Committee, was not the entire Senate confirmed. Gotcha. Uh, Lindsey Graham, who is the chair of the committee, there was some question if he had been exposed or if he had been around the president or other members in that Rose Garden ceremony that was considered to be a super spreader event. And Senator uh, Graham confirmed that precautions were taken. He did not say that everyone was tested and tested neg negative, but that precautions were taken, social distancing was in place, masks were being worn. And Senator Kamala Harris, as an example, who is a member of the Judiciary Committee and is the vice presidential nominee on the Democratic side of the aisle, she participated remotely. She participated but she was not in the room. I, I heard uh, through the uh, social media grapevine that a majority of the Democrats' uh, questions weren't so much pointed at Comey, but at uh, President Trump, they, using this as maybe uh, a political tool to to fight the power that is right now. Right. The initial uh, remarks by Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey were basically aimed at the process of their words, not mine cramming or irregularly forcing uh, this Supreme Court confirmation process in a record amount of time right on the eve of an election. I will share with your listeners that there have been 29, elect 29 Supreme Court justices whose uh, nominations came during a presidential election cycle, 19 of those where the party of the president matched the party of the Senate in power, 10 when they didn't. In those 19 where they matched, 17 were confirmed, two were not and in the 10 cases where they did not match, one was confirmed, nine were not. A total of 17 justices for nominees have been rejected by the Senate in the history of the country, and 163 nominees since 1789, only five women. 
two by Republicans, three by Democrats, and Amy Comey Barrett is the second woman after Sandra Day O'Connor, nominated by the GOP. Bill Crane, WSB political analyst, joins us on Atlanta's Evening News with Mark Aram. Uh, some of the Coney cuts I heard today, one uh, that struck me was pretty powerful was uh, the judge paying homage to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, whose seat she would uh, likely fill, uh, talking about her legacy and the importance that she had. Uh, was, was that, uh, you know, something the Democrats expected to hear today? I doubt it, but, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg is sort of universally revered. Um, she's well regarded by Republicans and Democrats. When she was confirmed, she was Bill Clinton's first nominee in 1993. The vote was 96 to 3. Only three Republicans voted against her. Joe, Joe Biden was chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee at that time and steered her confirmation process just as he had under Republican President George Herbert Walker Bush immediately prior to that, Judge Clarence Thomas. It is, again, interesting to note Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who's the youngest and most recent member of the court right now, was confirmed in 2018 by a vote of 50 to 48. The longest-serving member of the court right now, Justice Clarence Thomas, was confirmed in 1991 by a vote of 52 to 48. So both the most junior member and the most senior member of this court with different parties in the White House and different parties running the Senate, both had narrow confirmation votes two years ago and 30 years ago. Uh, WSB political analyst Bill Crane joining us on Atlanta's Evening News, talking about Supreme Court nominee Judge Amy Coney Barrett today, uh, testimony in front of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. I also heard uh, Judge Coney Barrett say uh, pretty forcefully that she, you know, she is an independent and would, would – make her judgments based on the rule of law and the interpretation of the Constitution, kind of like stepping out of the box that maybe President Trump has has painted her in as she's pro-life, she's anti-Obamacare. Was she setting up some boundaries there, like kind of separating herself from the Oval Office, or was, was this just to appease the Democrats that were asking the questions? It reminded me of John Roberts' two confirmation hearings. For folks who don't remember, he was confirmed in 2005 first to replace Sandra Day O'Connor, who was retiring. And then less than a month later, Chief Justice Rehnquist said he was stepping down. So he had two confirmation hearings almost a month apart where he was confirmed as Chief Justice. And there was a lot of concern at the time because John Roberts had been a political appointee in the Bush White House and a member of the legal team that put together some of the things like waterboarding things he had said and done as a lawyer, things he had said and done in in articles he'd written in legal journals, would he act that way on the Supreme Court? I think his performance on the Supreme Court and his testimony about the importance of precedent and settled law to the Senate Judiciary Committee was echoed today by uh, Judge Coney Barrett, who also spoke to her reverence for Antonin Scalia, who was not only her mentor but who she clerked for in the Supreme Court, in addition to her services clerk and the D.C. Judicial Circuit, the 11th Circuit, prior to um, her career on the bench in the 7th Judicial Circuit. So do conservatives have to be worried about John Roberts Jr.? Is, is, is that a concern? Well, I, I would say you, you can't always get what you expect just based on who the president is appointing. Justice Souter was appointed by George Herbert Walker Bush, or Ronald Reagan, pardon me, and turned out to side more often than not as a Republican with the progressives on the court. When Roe versus Wade itself was decided in 1973, a majority of the seven justices on that court in the 7-2 decision were Republicans. You can't just assume just based on someone's prior party ideology or the ideology of the party that they're being appointed by that they're going to read from a script. And I think that's 
the judicial independence we should be looking for in nominees for the Supreme Court. Finally, Bill, what's what's the next step? What do we what do we see next on these uh, in the judiciary? Well, they're committee? they're allowing for up to two weeks of hearings. I think we'll get done before then, but basically up to twelve business days of hearings. And so this was the opening foul, you know, volleys her opening statement. But uh, some of the hard stuff will come later. And there are beliefs that some of her writings are uh, antagonistic, particularly to those who are very concerned about a woman's right to a safe and legal abortion. She has written and spoken to groups like the Federalist Society. But again, mentioning others on the court, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, shortly before she was confirmed, spoke in a national speech that received national attention where she talked about Roe versus Wade being a flawed decision in her mind that she was a, an advocate for women's rights and and non-discrimination based upon gender the supreme court decision was too broadly worded gave too much wiggle room if you will and was not as a result codified into law by most states there were a number of legislatures across the country that were heading in that direction progressively they stopped when the supreme court stepped in she believes that caused the christian right to be able to have the time to form and to push a lot of state legislatures, particularly in southern states, back in the opposing direction. I will point out also that all of the Democrats have a talking point this cycle and for these confirmations that if they had the White House and the Senate, they would codify Roe versus Wade. When they did have President Obama in the White House and the House and the Senate, no bill was introduced to federally codify the safe and legal right to abortion. Bill Crane, always a pleasure. Thanks for your insight. We'll check you out tomorrow morning on Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade. The lowdown on the confirmation hearings. We'll be right back. Airman for Erickson on WSB. Great insight from Bill Crane there. We'll do it again tomorrow. So around 5 p.m., right after the uh, 5 p.m. news, we're going to break down what uh, you missed maybe while you were working during the Supreme Court hearing. So uh, kudos to Bill Crane. And we'll have the very latest, of course, tomorrow morning on Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade starting at 4.30 a.m. Back to uh, the Falcons GM and head coach fired. Uh, best or worst way you've ever been let go from a gig? Carl's in Kennesaw. Carl, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. What's going on, buddy? Thanks, sir. Um, I actually, I wanted to call and tell you about the time I had to terminate an employee. Oh, please. Um, I used to manage a radio shack in Northern Virginia. And wonderful young lady worked for me. She was Persian, had a great relationship with a lot of the uh, Muslim immigrants who would come into the store. Unfortunately, she processed a return for herself while I was in a meeting with my boss. What? Yeah. It, that's a big no-no. You have to have somebody else do it or wait till I get to the store. I'll do it for you. No problems. But she did it for herself. That opens up the chance for fraud and theft. Were you the manager there? Yeah, I was the store manager. What was the uh, hiring process at Radio Shack? Like, would you just hire anybody, or did you have to actually have to know your stuff to get a job at Radio Shack? If you were personable, I could teach you how to sell and what you were selling. I could not teach personality. So that was more important than knowledge, was being trainable and being personable. Yes, All right. absolutely. Chuck, you're out. Good thing Radio Shack went out of business, because I... <laughs> Not very true. I mean, you're personable. You're great. Yeah. But trainable, I don't think so. Mm. Right? Yeah. Can't teach an old white fish new tricks. Isn't that the saying? That is. That is the saying. Matt's in Stone Mountain. Matt, welcome to the program. Yeah, I was uh, working in Salem, Virginia, and remodeling company. And I walked in there for a Monday morning meeting like we always have. And after the meeting, I went up to the 
to my boss, the field boss, and I said, do you mind if I take the day off today? Because I think we can arrange that. But they had me coming in for another meeting. And I walked right into the meeting. They go, we got to let you go. What? And I just, I just, I opened up my wallet and dumped my credit cards, company credit cards on the counter and dumped my keys on the counter. And I said, I know what this is about. And they were like, well, we're, we're sorry. I said, okay, well, that was the best firing I ever got in my life because I think in about two weeks I'd have quit anyway. Wow. I, I would love to hear more of that story, Matt, but um, but no, we're not going to because we got to step away from news, weather, and traffic. Unbelievable, though. Unbelievable, Deborah. When we come back, uh, Johnny Kilbasa will join us with the Fast Food Review, plus your firing stories, and it's Columbus Day which I think eventually is going to be changed to Italian Heritage Day because of the things. Anyway, I'm going to ask you about Italians. Who's your favorite Italian of all time, Longoria? Think about that when we come back. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. And for Eric Erickson on Atlanta's Evening News. And you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. 539, 21 in front of 676 degrees on Peachtree Street. It was kind of sweaty today. Seven and a half on the Mark Aram Show. Back sweat meter filling in for the conservative Viking today and tomorrow. Normally, the Mark Aram Show heard 6 to 8 p.m. on 95.5 WSB. Coming up in just a minute, Johnny Kilbasa talking about, well, heck, whatever you want to talk about right now. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little exhausted. So we can talk about the Comey Barrett hearings we can talk about the best or worst way you were canned or your favorite italian of all time i asked you to think about it during the break longoria your favorite italian of all time mario super mario brothers nice deborah do you have a favorite italian it would have to be leonardo da vinci right oh all right that's a good one low t chuck who hails from whitefish montana your favorite italian of all time i don't know chef boyardee italian yeah absolutely sure did you have? Did you grow up with any Italians in Montana? No, not a one. No spaghetti with uh, ketchup on it. Yeah. All right. Real quick, why I think this is uh, Columbus Day is going to f- cease being a holiday and be changed to Italian uh, Heritage Day. Uh, do I don't have to you know relitigate all the stuff that people are saying about Columbus and spread? Here's my point. The dude didn't discover America, right? He didn't even he land. Lied. No, just the Caribbean. Yeah, like yeah. he didn't even land. But Vikings, speaking of the conservative Vikings, like it's been proven Vikings were here like 100 years before Columbus, not to mention the folks that People came that over. were already here. Yeah, so like, I, you know, Columbus, yeah, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, but I mean, he, he stopped at uh, a cruise destination. Where <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I would stop. Well, yeah, I don't blame him, but I mean, so I think eventually it's going to be. Uh, you know, when I grew up in a, in a majority Italian neighborhood uh, or city, town, like this was a big deal. Parades and blah, blah, blah. And it was mostly about Italian heritage, not the mm. fact that Columbus, blah, blah, blah. But we had a we had a statue of Columbus downtown. Like it was a big deal. I eventually think it's going to become Italian Heritage Day. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Rhonda, one of our favorites, joins us on the show. How are you, Rhonda? I'm good. How are you all? Excellent. What's going on? Well, I have to tell you about the one and only time that I was fired. Um, it was right after, not long after I got out of high school, I got one of these appointment-setting jobs. And um, the guy hired me sight unseen just for my voice on the phone, he says. And so I'm there a week or two, and they say, well, 
the appointment setter position is going away. Everybody's going to be a salesperson. And uh, <clears throat> so I was like, oh, great. I don't want to do sales, but I need the job. So um, <clears throat> I started doing the job and everything, and I made a couple of sales that I thought I was doing pretty good. Sure. And so then I started having issues with my eyes, and I needed to go to the eye doctor and get my eyes dilated and everything. So I took the day off Titan. And um, so my doberman's about to get away. <laughs> and so um, I, came, I asked if I could take the day off, and it was on Friday, payday. And uh, if I could go in and pick up my check after I got done with the doctor's office. So I went in, I picked up my check, and I'm thinking I'm doing good, and they gave me my pink slip at the same time. Wow. That's back-to-back cliffhanger firing stories, Longoria. I don't know how we can do it. Chris and Flyer Branch, that's going to be tough to top, Chris. Real quick, buddy, what do you got? Well, so this is a pretty good one. Uh, So I was about uh, 18, 19, and... My mom was a assistant manager at a department store or department for a grocery store here. And uh, she needed a lot of help really bad. So they had me come in, do the drug test and all that good stuff. Well, the drug test, I guess, got sent off to another store. So here I am, I'm working and it's been over a month. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm good. Well, Mom comes in and says, hey, Chris, we got to have a little talk. Wait a second. Your mom fired you from the job because you failed the drug test at the (laughs) grocery store. Pretty much. Well, she didn't fire me because the store manager had to do it. But she got the results and told me first. And then the store manager said, well, you know, they said the results are so high that if I don't fire you, they're going to fire me. That's amazing. All right, now that's a good firing story. That is a good firing story. I want a good traffic story. You get traffic updates every six minutes on Atlanta's Evening News. Here's Doug Turnbull. I got a good one for you here. 543 Construction in West Atlanta. Hollowall Parkway westbound west at 285 has cleared, but 285 is still slow southbound on the outer loop through that area. Sunset rise on the outer loop out of Sandy Springs. That's why 285 west is slow on the approach to 75. And the cab, you buckle the brakes. 285 east between Peachtree Industrial at 85 and then southbound around Highway 78 on the south side. Remember, 10 to 15 minute delay is 75 north in Henry County from Locust Grove through McDonough, Mark. And now on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Joining us yeah, yeah. live on a greasy, salty hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight we do not want to know. Johnny Kilbasa and unfortunately about a 90 second Fast Food Review. Jonathan, what's going on, brother? Uh, everything's always moving faster when you move up earlier in the day, Mark, <laughs> Amen. but that's okay. Because I got breaking news and it's going to be fast and furious. Long go. Where is Hector? What's the breaking news there, buddy? <laughs> Back in the day, two wrongs didn't make a right, but three lefts would get you from the Pink Pony parking lot over to the Crystal on North Druid Hills Road. You can't do that anymore, but Cristal is welcoming back country fried steak for a limited time, Mark. Little bits of steak breaded and deep fried and put in either the signature dinner roll or a biscuit. And how about a little gravy to go on top of it, Mark? They're also going to give you some of that gravy if you order the chicken strips. So if you just want the gravy and you don't want the country fried steak slider, you can have either one. Country fried steak and gravy on a biscuit, on a roll, at Crystal, 
There you go, Mark. It's not often that I get fast food news that's not from Johnny Kilbasa, but Mike Shields in the traffic center. Mike, uh, I read a crystal spot this morning uh, doing traffic. Do you have that spot pulled up? We do. We have it pulled up. Let, let's hear it. Let's a little free publicity for our friends at Crystal. Listen to this goodness. All right, so this Crystal is bringing back a down-home favorite. Get two country fried steak crystals plus a small tot for just $4.99. Hot damn, Mike Shields. How about that, Johnny Kilbasa? Hot damn, Mike Shields. <laughs> I should have known you were going to do that. All right, here's the deal, Johnny. Well, today's the first day for that anyway. That's why. Exactly. That, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to do that. Can we do this, Johnny, because we're short on time, and there's a game t- football game tonight. Can we move the football minute to tomorrow's show? You know that I'll do anything My for man. you any time of the day, any day of the week, any, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow then. I'm buying you two of those new delicious uh, steak biscuits from uh, Crystal. Johnny <laughs> K, we appreciate you as always. And if the cholesterol is high, baby, so am I. Johnny Cobasa on Twitter. Johnny Cobasa rocks on Instagram. And the Salsa Chud podcast on any pod app or johnnycobasa.com. All things Kilbasa on johnnycobasa.com. Appreciate you, bro. Anytime, bro. We'll be right back. Airman for Erickson on WSB. Final segment of the show, Shelly and Milani. Word on the streets. Standing by to fill in for me from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Russ joins us in Gainesville. Russ, come here a minute. I want to talk to you. Happy Monday, Russ. What you got cooking, bud? Hey, buddy. Uh, favorite Italian, Casanova. Oh, Casanova was Italian. That's right. Good job, Russ. A modern-day yeah. Casanova, if you will, Russ. I'm born on the same day. Isn't it crazy to look it up? He was born April 2nd. I was born April 2nd. Look at that. The day after April Fool's Day. <laughs> yep. My man. All right, real quick, Russ. Good weekend. Anything? Any highlights? Uh, not really. I, well, a girlfriend of mine came over here this morning, and I told her I can't see you because I'm going to vote. I was up all night excited about it. I watched you at 4.30 a.m. My man. Thank you, Russ. Yeah. Yo, and speak- you know what? I went down there, and I couldn't do it, but... The line was, I can't do lines. Yeah. It was 100 yards long. It's, I couldn't do it. I, I didn't go today, but Maya did, and she said the line was crazy. She, she had the absentee ballot, and she was just dropping it off. Crazy. Do you know what was crazy? Saturday night, did you guys get hit with any of those storms? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to drive home from yeah. my buddy's house in Buckhead to my house. Oh, the rain was. Three roads were closed. I was I was like I'm stuck in one of those corn mazes that I hate. Like everywhere I turn, it's like I gotta nice. turn around. I go this way. I gotta turn around. It was horrible. Kevin's in Peachtree City. Kevin, real quick, buddy, what do you have? Hi, hey Mark. Yeah, back in the early '80s, I was a young professional, just married, had a had a baby, two car payments, a mortgage. I had this boss that was just a, a piece of work. He'd he'd call me. I was in a computer room. He'd call me down the hall and. I'd walk in, I thought, but yes, sir, he'd be clipping his toenails over the Ugh. trash can Ugh. kind of a guy, you know, and, and it goes on, you know, hey, can you have your wife take you shopping this weekend? You need some new ties. So anyway, we had a layoff, and um, he had me lay off about half of the staff, and then at the end of the day, he let me go. Oh, so that's I, dirty I water. Dirty oh, yeah. he made you do the, that and that. Oh, that's gross. I should give him star of the show, but I can't. Well, I guess I could, but I'm going to give it to someone else. Star of the show tonight. And now, are you guys ready for yes, the Tina. Mark Aram Chef the show? Samuel Martinez from Mama Lou's Latin Cuisine sent us over some delicious Cuban sandwiches, including the, uh, I don't know how to take this, the white Cuban. Yeah, we were all asking Named what that after was, Mark Aram. Very confused by that. He named it after me. Okay. I guess I'm the white Cuban. Sure. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. The Jewish Cuban, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But uh, thank you, Chef. Those were delicious. We appreciate it, even though we might get in trouble now. 
from, uh, from, <laughs> hey, from the bosses. No one knows. Uh, I'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram, Facebook Mark Aram WSB. Don't go to sleep, though, little baby, because word on the street is next. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the All Suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.